This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Jake Medwell and Drew Oding are best friends. They're also roommates and colleagues. They work at the same venture capital firm. Okay, so they're going to laugh at me for saying it, but Jake and Drew are basically your off-the-rack tech bro. That's Rob Copeland. He covers Silicon Valley. And he says about two weeks ago, something happened to Jake and Drew that would change their lives. So Drew gets a text from someone in Asia who typically helps move luxury goods, like cashmere sweaters, things like that. But the message wasn't about cashmere sweaters. It was about something much more in demand. This guy texts Drew and he just says, listen, I've got access to a ton of medical gear right now, particularly masks. Do you have any idea what I can do with it? And Drew is sitting there and honestly, he doesn't have any idea what to do with it. But he also knew this wasn't a text he could ignore. Well, we've been talking about this devastating shortage of critical medical supplies. We need prayer. We need gowns. We need gloves. We need masks. You know, when the CDC starts putting out guidance, you can use a scarf as a mask. Uh, It's time to make more masks. Jake and Drew now knew where to find more masks. Their challenge? Getting those masks to the people who need them. Today on the show... How two tech bros are helping disrupt the global mask supply chain and what it reveals about the U.S. healthcare system. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, April 3rd. Jake and Drew are like a lot of people Rob knows in San Francisco. They're young, 31 and 29, successful, and they wear the tech bro uniform. We're talking about two guys in Allbirds and yoga pants and gray sweatshirts. And what's their relationship like? I mean, they are hilarious together. They have more chemistry than most romantic partners, though we should say they are straight. They are constantly talking all day. They wake up in the same apartment. They work out together They work at the same place, and they're just best buds. One uh, detail stuck out to me in your story, that they take apple cider vinegar shots. Is this, like, a thing in San Francisco? You know, people in Silicon Valley and in San Francisco are always trying this life-hacking thing where you're constantly doing odd things to improve your performance. So they have a big Sub-Zero fridge. And I would say the main two things in this Sub-Zero fridge are several different kinds of cold brew— and apple cider vinegar. So I asked them, what's with the apple cider vinegar? And Drew just literally pulls out this quart of vinegar and just starts drinking it. What? He's like, it's great for you. By the way, that thing about the health benefits of vinegar, unconfirmed. Jake and Drew declined to talk to us for this podcast. They told us they were, quote, head under water right now. And that's because of what happened after Drew got that text two weeks ago from the guy who said he had medical masks to sell. 
Drew didn't personally know anybody looking to buy masks, but he knew a guy who might know a guy. Drew and Jake have one really important skill, and that is that they are freaking master networkers. They talk to people all day, every day. They try to get in front of the deal. So Drew shoots off a text message to this guy who's an Iowa state senator who he went to high school with. And within 15 minutes, this Iowa state senator has already talked to the University of Iowa Medical Center and has already said, yes, we will buy some goods. And this convinces Drew and Jake, wait a second, we've got something we could offer here and we could help out. So Jake was also involved. Well, remember, where there's Jake, there's Drew. Where there's Drew, there's Jake. Jake and Drew had just helped cut their first deal for protective gear. And they wondered just how much more stuff, more masks, more gowns might be out there. So Jake and Drew just start blasting out text messages to a bunch of their contacts. These were people they know in logistics, warehouse owners, and friends of friends. And they just say, does anyone else have masks? They did. So they were hearing from people in Saudi Arabia, in Vietnam, in Colombia, in Brazil. At one point, Jake heard from someone who said he had 90 million masks in Mexico. From that moment on, their phones haven't stopped blowing up. Some people had masks, even the coveted N95. Others had protective suits or booties, respirators, or the holy grail, ventilators. All of these are goods that the U.S. is in intense need for. And suddenly, the requests are going through these two dudes. Why are all these people sitting on masks? So it's important to remember that though this is a new crisis in the U.S., it's not new to a lot of other people, particularly in Asia. So about six to eight weeks ago, when this was a way bigger deal in Asia— a lot of manufacturers started producing these goods. And yes, they sold a lot of them to China and other countries there. But now that the crisis has moved sort of from east to west, they're sitting on a ton of stuff. And why do Jake and Drew think they can help with this problem when they are not experts in hospital procurement? Well, first of all, the experts in hospital procurement haven't done very well so far. Second of all, Jake and Drew and the other people they work with, the first thing out of their mouth is, I don't know the first thing about hospital procurement. However, hospital procurement departments don't know the first thing about getting 90 million masks from Mexico to the U.S. as fast as possible. Moving fast and breaking stuff? That's not usually hospitals and health departments' MO. But that's the world Jake and Drew live in. So they did what you do in San Francisco. They founded a startup, Operation Masks. Operation Mask is essentially just a middleman. They take requests from healthcare systems at what they need, and they go out and they try to find those goods. And no, they're not taking a cut. Operation Masks is a nonprofit. After the break... Some dudes in gray hoodies and Allbirds set out to buy masks for the state of Hawaii.
This episode is brought to you by Citizen M. There's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda, and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M Hotels. They're in the tech cities. Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. Book now at citizenm.com slash the journal. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principle. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. Welcome back. So Operation Masks had suppliers. Those suppliers had masks. The question was, did Drew and Jake have buyers? Once again, they worked their networks, pinging anyone and everyone, trying to get introductions to hospital administrators and people in government. Anyone in a position to buy the stuff they were finding. One of their friends and collaborators, Robin Chan, posted on an alumni Facebook page for his Hawaii high school. And a few phone calls later, Robin winds up on the phone with the deputy director of the Department of Health for the state of Hawaii one of the very few people in charge of this for Hawaii. The person on the phone was Kathy Ross. And she was at her wit's end. She and her colleagues at the Hawaii Department of Health had been trying to order masks from their normal suppliers. But they weren't having any luck. Their suppliers were either out of stock, or when they did find masks to buy, their orders would be mysteriously canceled. Their suspicion? Hawaii was being outbid by other states. And other countries. Even if Hawaii had been able to find gear to buy, it wasn't clear the state could move fast enough to secure a deal. How do states and hospitals usually buy gear? Okay, so hospitals are used to moving very, very slowly. What they do actually is they order equipment and they get get invoiced for it and they pay it back in 90 days. That's what the whole system is set up for. And that might work when you're ordering blankets for the pediatric unit for next year. But the market for this is so hot right now that you need to be able to pay immediately. And that's what Operation Masks was telling Kathy it could help do for Hawaii. Part of what Operation Masks does is they act as the escrow, as the in-between. You get the money to Operation Mask, they hold it, and then when they are confident that they have a legitimate supply for you, they will buy it for you. But when you've been doing state business one way for years, this can be a lot to get your head around. When Kathy Ross first got Robin's call... She said she was freaked out to begin with. She said, I was introduced to a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy, and all of a sudden he wants the state of Hawaii to transfer him a bunch of money to buy things. And she said she spent six hours talking to them the first day, and it was a really just a trust fall, but she got a lot of recommendations. And now she said that she talks to them basically every hour that she's awake. The state placed an order. When Rob talked to Kathy, she told him 200,000 masks were on their way to Hawaii. And it's not just Hawaii. 
Recently, Operation Masks became an official vendor for the state of New York. They ask a friend of a friend, hey, how do we get hooked up with the state of New York? We're reading all of these newspaper stories that New York is in crisis. And one of their friends, Robin, actually knows Andrew Yang really well. I'm going to be the first president to use PowerPoint in the State of the Union. How do you feel about that? Yep, that Andrew Yang. PowerPoint! PowerPoint! Yes! And he says, I can just hook you up with the Cuomo administration, with the governor of New York. Yeah, I know these guys. And in a few minutes, he has them talking to, you know, Cuomo's staff. And they were helping get New York State equipment. This stuff is in a few days based on someone being friends with Andrew Yang. And that just goes back to everyone knows everyone. Jake knows Drew. Drew knows Robin. Robin knows Andrew. And all of a sudden, this ends with masks on a barge headed for people who need them. A lot of what Operation Masks does for states like Hawaii and New York has to do with money. They help the deal go through fast. But Operation Masks also helps states vet what they're buying, like figuring out if some random seller in Vietnam is the real deal. They know people in a lot of these countries. So these are people they can vouch for. These are people who they've been doing business with and they will do business with in the future. Operation Masks also works with the State Department in part to make sure that hospitals aren't buying from criminals. But sometimes, vetting comes down to a gut check. Drew and Jake are hilariously good at spotting fakes at this point. So actually, while I was with them, Drew got a text message from someone with a certificate of authenticity for a big shipment. And it looked to me to be totally legit. I mean, it looked like a, to me, it looked like a treasure map. It looked like it had been yellowed by time. And Drew took one look at it, And without even saying why, he just said, no, I don't believe this one. He's like, I've seen enough of these. This one doesn't give me a good feeling. And you sort of have to be going at that speed. We don't have time in this crisis to be waiting 90 days to figure things out. You need someone to jump on it. We need Jake and Drew in their living room making snap assessments of the validity of verification documents. I mean, that's crazy, but we kind of do. It also feels like it reveals a kind of failure in our system, that these hospitals and health departments, local at the state level, they are all doing this work, and it isn't more streamlined. Exactly. A big problem here is we don't have one central purchasing organization for this country. Italy, for instance, and I spoke to multiple people who have been bidding against Italy for goods— Italy is buying equipment for the whole country at once. And they're paying in cash in some cases, and they're sending, in some cases, military planes to pick it up. So you've got the government coming in for this. And the U.S. government has been very, very late to the party here. They're just now beginning to try to buy on behalf of the country. President Trump acknowledged this week that the federal government's emergency stockpile of masks is nearly gone. That makes private efforts like Operation Masks all the more crucial. And Jake and Drew aren't the only ones who've stepped up. Similar projects are popping up around the country. There actually are a ton of people who want to help. After we wrote the story, people were writing to me saying, I have millions of masks. I've been trying to get in contact with hospitals and with the government and no one will talk to me. Can you connect me with these guys? And what did that say to you? 
it says to me that there's a whole world out there that has been preparing for this pandemic for weeks and months. Yes, it's new to us. It's new to me here in San Francisco. I bet it's new in New York. But there have been people who have been ramping up production and waiting for this. And all we have to do is figure out who they are and get the equipment. But what Operation Mask shows is that that's not so easy. It's so hard. There's so much going on right now. They're building field hospitals in Central Park. Who has the time to get on the phone with some dude in Belize and try to figure out whether he's legit or not? You can understand why the health departments don't have time to do this. But you know who does have time to do it? A bunch of guys who did 100 burpees this morning and had a glass of apple cider vinegar. People want to help out. And this is a way that this group of people can help out. That's all for today, Friday, April 3rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show is made by Peter Bresnan, Gerard Cole, Pia Gudkari, Renita Jablonski, Annie Minoff, Ricky Nevetsky, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rose Strasser, and Rob Zipko. Our show is engineered by Griffin Tanner with the help of Sam Baer. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music from Emma Munger, Katherine Anderson, Marcus Bagala, Peter Leonard, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Nicole Pasulka and Joy Crane. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday.